Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it, plus a couple of less productive approaches. After two decades of coming up short, I realized I was focused on the wrong thing. Instead of trying to fill those empty holes, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like, instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I've created the Healing Path Podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from the world and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. Thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post called Finding the Light. Days before the pandemic hit, I closed on a new condo that I'd had the fun of designing from day one. This would be the first time I'd lived alone, and at 50 years old, I was thrilled to have my own space. The size was perfect for me. I loved that everything was new and spotless, and I couldn't wait to start marking, making it home. Literally, two weeks after signing on the dotted line, the world shut down. Items like furniture and blinds that I'd previously been admiring and considering were suddenly hard to get, if not impossible. Things were on back order. The longtime family-owned furniture empire that we'd gotten all of our furniture from over the last 20 years was suddenly going out of business. No sweat. I thought, I'll decorate later. I only need a bed to sleep in and a desk to work at. The rest I'll figure out in a few weeks when this COVID thing blows over. We all know what happened next. It didn't blow over. I'm only now, more than 18 months later, starting to decorate the condo and make it the home that I want it to be. I didn't know it at the time, but this delay was actually a blessing in disguise. Until I left my 9-to-5 gig, I worked daily on the main floor of the condo, near the front window. I'd rearranged the desk many times to change the direction that it faced, but it really only made sense to have it in this one little spot. Fast forward to September 2021, as the days started to cool off and the chill returned to the desk in the area around it, I thought, hmm, I don't want to freeze again all winter. The ground is cold because I don't have a basement and no sun hits the window where I sit. It's too dark and it's too cold. Then an idea came. Maybe I should design an office in one of the rooms upstairs. Then I could get heat from the first floor rising and the morning light would stream through the windows to add life and warmth also. Done. I now work on the second floor in a space I designed, decorated, and love being in. I'm so grateful that I didn't try to make that decision when I first moved in. I had no idea where the light was going to hit. When someone dies, people say, don't make any major decisions for at least a year. The idea being, that things aren't clear, 
and we want to avoid making things harder than they already are, if possible. Making knee-jerk decisions before the dust settles can lead to more suffering, chaos, and pain. But what does that mean exactly? What does let the dust settle even look like? How do we know once it has? There's no stock answer. There's no exact time frame that will help us predict when we'll be in our right minds again. That is, if we ever were in our right minds or if we even have the capacity to use our minds effectively again. So the one-year rule for decision-making after grief is like all parts of grief, subject to interpretation, idiosyncratic expression, and just plain optional. But the spirit behind it is serious. There can be an inability to see things clearly when up is down and down is up and our child has died. We have foggy grief brains. We forget where we are and where we're going. We can probably agree that there's solid support that the fewer major changes we make, the more stable we can remain during that period of quote-unquote transition. But my interpretation of this one-year rule has something to do with us finding the light. Going back to the condo discussion, if I'd moved into the first floor space and built an office on there, I would have done so without ever realizing how cold it was and how dark it was and that I could never really get a homey feeling to that space. I could have invested time, money, and other resources maybe making a perfectly functional office in a space that could never be illuminated. Since I had a built-in delay thanks to COVID, I didn't do that. I waited. I listened and looked until, bam, I knew exactly what to do next. I knew where the light would come in, and I made my plans from there. When we're in grief, we can't see any light, let alone the light of the future. Sure, you can answer your aching heart with a major move to a new city, get a divorce, quit your job, and change anything you can get your hands on. But I promise, and this truly does suck, that no matter what major or minor changes we throw at our vacant hearts, it never brings the person back. But it can definitely make things worse. As with any major life change, but especially one that results from a death, there's usually enough going on without turning more things upside down. Try to put some time between the change and any major decisions you're pondering. It's not magic, but it may give your heart a chance to find the light and let it lead you to the next best thing for you and your situation. So thank you for listening to this episode of The Healing Path. Uh, I was working on another writing project not too long ago, and I was reminded of the snow globe. And this is what I mean by grief brain. It's like when you shake up one of those snow globes and you really can not even see what's in it because it's so uh, covered with all those little snowflakes. And we really have to let that snow globe sit and let everything settle to, to actually be able to see what's there. So I think that's another really good analogy. And I think that the year mark is, you know, that's a generalization. It's not always applicable in every situation, but I do think the idea of getting that clarity on what's around us before we go investing in major changes um, will help us in the long run. Because a lot of times those changes are nothing but distractions, and we can spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of sweat equity making changes only to wake up a year later and realize we did the wrong thing. So give it time, give yourself the compassion and the space that you need to see what's clear. And then go from there. 
find your light. Thanks again for joining. And as always, I look forward to any feedback you may have at lisamcfarland.com. Until next time, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And as always, thanks for listening.